Welcome to Marketing Like a Mother, a podcast made for mumpreneurs by mumpreneurs. Each week, we are diving into mum approved business and marketing strategies to help you grow a profitable and family friendly business. Today, I am your host, Michelle Pontvert, and I am talking with mindset coach and business strategist, Jenny Donato. Jenny, I'm so excited that you're here. You are on my list of people I definitely needed to get in on season one. So I'm really happy you could join us. Oh, bless you. Thank you very much for having me here. I'm excited. Well, why don't we start off before we get too deep into talking about all things marketing and business? Do you want to introduce yourself, kind of share a little bit about what you do and kind of how you approach this whole thing that we call business as a mom? Absolutely. Yes. So as you said, I'm a mindset coach and business strategist. Um, I work with female entrepreneurs to effectively do three things, which I think um, are the most important things that you need to focus on when you grow a business. Um, And that is believe, simplify and scale. So they are my three words that my whole business is built around. Um, Believe, you have to believe in yourself. You have to focus on your mindset. You have to believe that what you want to achieve is possible. That Mm. is fundamental to actually doing anything about it and creating goals and taking action all of that stuff stems from the way you feel about yourself the way you feel about what you want to achieve and how much confidence and self-belief you have to actually get there so that's the first bit of my business that's the believe section the second bit is simplify so so many people Um, get what I call like shiny thing syndrome. So they're kind of magpies and this sounds like a good idea and they get distracted. They go over here, they do this, they create this lead magnet or funnel or podcast. I love podcasts, but sometimes (laughs) podcasts are a distraction. They do YouTube channels, they do TikTok, they do Instagram. They get all of this shiny thing syndrome and before they know it, they're actually still not making any money. Um, and they've still they've got all of these plates that they're spinning. So a big part of my job is just to look at what people are doing um, and simplify it down so that it all fits together. The jigsaw pieces fit together and you're actually making the money that you want in the time that you have. So that's the second bit. And then the third bit, the scale part, is once you've simplified, once you really understand what you want to achieve with your business, it's about creating the strategy to scale that up in the easiest possible way for you, um, which provides the the biggest and the best transformation and results for your clients. So that's my business in a nutshell, just those three words, believe, simplify, scale. Mm, I love it. I feel like you've really figured out your sort of brand values and that's literally what your business is shaped around and I think hearing you speak about it obviously you believe in your offer you've made it very simple and you've obviously found a way to scale it so I love that you're kind of walking the walk as well um with me I'm I'm so like practical I come from a scientific background and if I can base things around like simple one word things then I, I feel a bit like that app where it's like you sit in a place and you're just three words 
And mm. you, do you know that location yep. app where you're like three words <laughs> and you know exactly where you are? That's like my business. So I knew that I had to simplify my business and really understand what I was about. So I was like, mm. right, I love my three is my favorite number. I love groups of threes of things. I'm going to base my whole business around three words. So that's where Believe, Simplify and Scale came from. Um, and I've really stuck with that probably for the last at least like two years Mm-hmm. Um, which I think has been kind of quite a big part of my business success. So um, just really making it really clear what I'm all about and mm. not talking the fluffy language that a lot of people get stuck in. That's why I think we get on well. And your approach to mindset is something I really appreciate. I am also a bit more of a scientifically minded person. Um, I'm whatever the opposite of woo is. And I yeah. always found a lot of the conversation around mindset quite off-putting I'll be honest and kind of being in your world and hearing that more practical sort of real life I want to say approach to mindset has just been a breath of fresh air for me and I'm curious if you've experienced that being sort of a coach in that world and how you're bringing that sort of practicality into your approach on mindset work because it is quite different (laughs) it it is and do you know what I love the woo-woo stuff but it's not me Mm -hmm. that's like quite um, a definition really like I am into all the woo-woo stuff because I love watching it I love Mm. being inspired by it and and understanding it a bit more but that that's not how I approach my business um, and that's not how I approach mindset Mm. and when you say the word mindset to me like it means so many different things to so many different people some people it Mm. means like chakras and energy and, and that kind of stuff which I don't get like I'm sure there's something in that, but that's not my bag. And I, I, I'm fascinated about learning it, but that's not what I teach. Mm-hmm. Mindset to me is really simple. Mindset is about your confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. It's about the self-belief that you have in yourself, as I said before. Um, it's about your vision for the future. So actually, and this is where a lot of people go wrong. They don't really understand what they want to achieve. Yeah. Um, and they build their businesses around something they think they want or something someone else has told them they should go for or mm-hmm. an opportunity that they found that thinks they're going to think, you know, if they think it's they're going to make money out of it. Like uh, actually really going back to basics, understanding your core values, your core drivers and your core vision to really see clearly what it is you want to achieve for yourself, for your family and for your business um, is some a bit where people just miss out. People don't really do the work that they need to do there. So that is a big part of mindset. So it's about confidence, about self-belief. It's about your vision. And finally, it's about understanding how really successful people have done what they've done from a practical, scientific kind of like factual point of view and this is why um I love the work that has been done by a guy called Brendan Burchard who is a high performance coach um to the stars in America he's coached people like Oprah Winfrey Richard Branson the 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 high top performers on this planet and he did a bit of research into what are the habits and the mm. mindset of these super successful people. And I have read, like, I don't want to say everything on this subject, but I feel <laughs> like I've read everything on this subject because I'm fascinated by how these super successful people think and mm. how they turn that into action. And he wrote a book called The 10 High Performance Habits, which I love. 
Um, and a lot of the work I do in my business is based around these 10 high performing habits. So the way they think differently, the way they think about taking action, the way they feel about failure, they take a really positive attitude to failure, the way they feel about money and um, the way they feel about making money. And um, they there's so many little subtle differences between um, the really top, super high performing people and quite a lot of the rest of society in terms of how they feel about themselves, how they feel about the, the world around them, how they feel about building businesses, how they feel about success. Um, mm. And this is all kind of banded under the term success psychology. Um, and I'm absolutely addicted to success psychology. <laughs> and I believe if you can understand that one area, that one area alone will help you skyrocket your business. Um, and that to me is what mindset's about. So mindset's about you. It's about confidence, self-belief and vision. But it's also about understanding the mindset, the habits and how the high performing people on this planet actually do what they do and then implementing that in your own life. So for me, there's the, those two kind of um, factors of mindset that you really need to understand. And they used to say building a business or success was 80% mindset and 20% strategy. Mm. Um, you know, I fully bought into that. But actually, they're now saying the research suggests it's 95% <laughs> mindset and 5% strategy. And mm. that's why I'm a mindset coach first and a business strategist second, because you have, if you mm. haven't got your mindset in the right place and you don't understand um, you know, the what you actually want to achieve and how you're going to do that and how you feel about that, the strategy means absolutely nothing. Um, so yeah, I fully buy into the whole 95% mindset and 5% strategy. And even mm. if you don't believe me, at, then 80% mindset, 20% <laughs> strategy is still enough evidence for you to focus more on your mindset. Mm, I think that's that's a really... I don't know, as again, a person of a more scientific mind, that really speaks to me because it's looking literally at the data of people who are where you want to be or having that success you're looking for and seeing what works and seeing how you can apply it. I'm really curious because you also work with a lot of mums. I'm curious what you find to be kind of the common places we lack as mums and maybe if you have any advice for us on how we can work on that, maybe which of those 10 success strategies we might need to be sort of working on first, because I know we share a very common experience as women raising families and running businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the biggest struggle that we have, um, I was on retreat with a lady called Char Wismond, who is um, a, a really big business coach, multi-million pound business coach. Um, and she has this, this mission as well. And I think when you build a business, you have to have a, a company mission. And mm. my company mission, my overarching one, um, is all about leveling the playing field between male entrepreneurs and female entrepreneurs. Mm. If you look at the age group, and this is what Shah was talking about on retreat as well. If you look at the age group, um, 40 year plus women, um, we are the biggest, I've just given the clear away that I'm over 40 here, but um, <laughs> it's a better number. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but we are the least invested in group mm. of entrepreneurs on this planet. And we are also the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs on this on this planet. 40 something year old women are the mm. fastest by far 
the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs on this planet. Um, And we are massively not invested in, both in terms of things like venture capitalists, banks, loans, grants, um, you know, local schemes, all of that thing. We are the, you know, the data shows we're the least invested in, but we are the least invested in by ourselves too, Mm. especially when we have families and we have kids because we are taught as mums to um, put our kids first. Mm -hmm. And I freaking hate that phrase because (laughs) that means you put yourself last. And it's not like that. Like if you are on a plane um, and it's starting to go wrong and the oxygen masks come down, the number one rule is stick yours on first so you can help everyone else. Right. If you're trying to get the oxygen masks on your kids and you pass out, you are of no help to anybody. (laughs) And this is the same with parenting. It's the same with businesses. It's the same with self-care. It's the same with looking after yourself. You have to be in your prime You have to look after yourself. You have to have your self-care ritual. You have to have all of this in place so you can be the best woman, the best wife, the best mum, and the best business owner you can be. If you are laying on the floor passed out with no oxygen, (laughs) you are no help to anyone. And Mm -hmm. this comes back to Brendan Burchard's high-performance habits. Those Mm -hmm. high, top-performing people on this planet understand that to a T, and they... They, this is why, like, the, the term work-life balance, like, also annoys the hell out of me because it implies it's a balance. It implies mm-hmm. work's at one end, life's on the other end. And, you know, when one goes up, the other one goes down. And when the other one goes up, the other one goes down. I don't talk about work-life balance. I talk about work-life harmony. And this mm-hmm. is what the successful people on the planet believe, that work is part of life and life is part of work. Um, and if you have it... As one entity, you are successful in life, you're successful in work, you're Mm -hmm. successful in business, you're successful in life. And these high performance, you know, um, high performing individuals, they really understand this to the point that self-care is not a luxury, it's an essential in their Mm -hmm. life. And even if stuff is going on in their business that needs their attention, the first thing they drop is not their self-care rituals and not their Mm. self-care routine. Um, So, and this is where I think our industry as female entrepreneurs really, really suffers because we are taught all of this crap about you've got to put yourself last, your kids come first. Yes, our kids are massively important to us, but looking after ourselves is even more important than that. Mm. And this is where we we then struggle to invest in ourselves. We then feel guilty about investing time, energy and money into ourselves and into our businesses because we are fed this narrative around the fact that we're just not as important as everybody else. Um, and, And that has spread through society to mean that we're not only investing in ourselves in times of time, like this isn't just financial, this is time and energy and focus Mm. and passion um, and money and that has spread and rippled through society so that nobody else invests in this either. And so there's massive opportunities for us right now in business. um, And we need to take the conscious decision that we are going to invest in ourselves so that we can be the best we can be across the board and work in harmony with our life 
and live in harmony with our business. Hopefully mm. that makes sense. Bit of a rant there, but um, yeah. <laughs> no, I think you, you definitely, you touched on a lot of really interesting things. And I think most mums I've spoken to her in their own business running everything started it because there is either a need to find a solution for a seemingly impossible life work balance equation or it's because there's a need to do something for yourself and I feel like often it's both personally it was a a very equal mix of needing to find that life work harmony and I needed something for me and I think that is really important to to not just give permission for that, but I think like you're saying, celebrate that self-investment. You know, I I live in France, I'm Australian, I've you know lived globally, and I see culturally even that difference between how women are socialized. I, I've found it quite intriguing being a mother in France. It's a very different cultural experience. And there is an expectation that women are allowed and even encouraged to regain their sort of life existence as it was pre-baby here and it is part of the healthcare system it is part of the childcare system it's part of the social system to let and encourage women to get back to life post-baby in a way that I don't find feels familiar to me in a lot of other sort of Anglo-Saxon culture and I honestly found it a bit confronting because I wasn't looking for you know the quick maternity leave but I, I do think there's something to that kind of I guess a different form of feminism of like feminism is sometimes uh, a dirty word in certain circles. And I think this idea of just giving women the equal opportunity, giving the space and infrastructure to have the same opportunities as everybody else. I think personally that really rings true. And a lot of what you're speaking about, it's literally just leveling the playing field. You're mentioning, you know, all these high powered people it is, you know, men and women, but often the opportunity cost is that sort of demographic of women who've taken a step back to have a family and are now looking to sort of jump back in. So I just love that. <laughs> and I think the other thing, totally agree with you with why women get into business, especially mums getting into business, you know, they, they want to regain something for themselves again, feel like they're doing something like of significance and purpose again and I think yeah parenting is massively significant and it does give you purpose but it's long-term significance and purpose whereas (laughs) business and what you do can give you those short-term rewards for significance Mm. and purpose um but I think there's another thing here as well that I see all the time which trips people up as well so I wanted Mm. to mention it and women often get into business to help other people like mm-hmm. we have a very caring nurturing um you know aura about women we this is kind of our purpose as women is to be supportive and nurturing mm-hmm. and we bring that into our business which you know makes us awesome at what we do but also can cause havoc when it comes mm-hmm. to asking for money for what we do because <laughs> A lot of the clients that I work with, they start in a place where they're like, actually, I just want to help people. And I don't want to put my prices up because that will mean people who really need me won't be able to afford me. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, when when women sell, it's hilarious um, compared to how, (laughs) how men sell. 
But if you've got a man selling a cheeseburger, the man will go, right, this cheeseburger is $3.99. Do you want it or do you not want it? And the person (laughs) will say, yes, I want that cheeseburger. I'll pay $3.99. Thank you very much. Or they will say, no, actually, I don't want that cheeseburger. Um, uh, uh, I don't want it. And the, the guy will go, "Okay, fine. Like, see you next time. The way women sell is completely different. Mm-hmm. If a woman is selling a $3.99 cheeseburger, they will say, look, do, do you want this cheeseburger? They will feel awkward about saying it's $3.99. Um, and before they even really say it's $3.99, they're already discounting it in their heads because they're mm-hmm. going, look, you know, COVID's hit really hard over the last couple of years. Um, you've got, you look like you've got young kids, you've probably had a really, really hard time. And um, the cost of living is like skyrocketing. I feel really bad about asking for $3.99 for this burger. And um, so, you know, there, there's a special offer here. And um, so maybe we can try and get you this cheeseburger cheaper. And um, actually, let's double the, the special offer because I do feel really, really bad. Like this person buying the cheeseburger hasn't said a thing, right? <laughs> they might be sat on a million pound, mm-hmm. um, you know, lottery winning. Um, but in the in the woman's head they're discounting already and they end up in this place where they're like look you've got little kids like it's so tough in the world right now look just take the cheeseburger for free like (laughs) have the cheeseburger on me that's how women sell and so you know the fact that we a lot of us get into business to help people and I got into business to help people and I Mm -hmm. had to overcome this mindset of um, you know I feel bad asking for your money Um, and we've got to move that to a place of my business is brilliant what I'm offering you is brilliant it's well worth the money and Mm -hmm. if you don't want it you're not going to starve like that person who decides not to eat the cheeseburger will go away and eat something else but in the woman's head they're like this cheeseburger is probably the only thing they're going to eat today and if I don't sell it to them they're going to starve so Mm. we need to get over this money mindset and sales psychology um, and female kind of um, the female energy around selling a lot of people who start businesses to help people really struggle with earning money from that Um, Mm. and, and that's where we have to really understand what it is people want to achieve and build a business model and work on the mindset to be able to make that happen. Does that make mm. sense? Kind of going a hundred percent there, but that's that's another element that I really see why women start business. It's about mm. you know doing something for themselves, regaining their identity a bit, and also helping and doing something worthwhile um, for other people. And that can really sometimes conflict with how they sell what it is they want to sell. And this goes yeah. across all industries. I think it's it's really true and kind of on the flip side of that as a woman buying things in the world if I was sold to in the way you described that is an uncomfortable situation for me as a purchaser I'm getting pitied and kind of yeah. almost belittled in that sales experience I, I people are assuming things of you as a buyer and that's not a great kind of empowering experience <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you just wanted yeah. a 399 cheeseburger. You just want the I mean, tell me yeah. how much it costs. <laughs> but I think there is a, a sort of overextension of our empathy muscles as women. Yeah. And particularly, I think as mothers, we really work that muscle. And it's, as you said, a super powerful muscle, but it doesn't apply everywhere. And yeah. the best advice I was given quite early on is you, you know, serve like a woman and sell like a man. <laughs> Yes. in your business 
just be upfront, tell people how much things cost, why, you know, the terms. It's very clear. And if they want it, they can be a grown up and pay for it. And if they don't, they can be a grown up and say no. And I think that level of, it's a bit sad to say, but like level of respect for the other person in that sales conversation is something I find personally as a woman running business, it's important to keep front of mind because that socialization of how we are taught as women to engage in exchanges like a sales conversation is hard to unwire. It's hard to work back from. And I think another consequence of that is if you're selling something like a high, something high ticket, so something Mm. that's of, um, you know, luxury products or a um, subscription box or gift set of products or Mm. um, as a coach or consultant or service-based industry, a high ticket program or course, um, what a lot of people do before they've kind of mastered selling that one thing that they really want to sell that's part of their business vision to, to sell something of high ticket. Um, this mindset comes creeping in and they think that they have to sell stuff of all different, all different mm. levels to be able to serve their entire audience. Um, and I think it's important to grow a business eventually with lots of different options. Well, not lots, but some different <laughs> options for your customers to fit in um, or your clients to fit in where they where they are and what they want to buy. Um, but the the what I see all the, a lot of the time is people do that too soon. Mm-hmm. And then they end up, you know, subconsciously selling their cheapest thing because they feel bad about asking for money. Yeah, and then all of a sudden they end up with a business <laughs> where they're selling a seven pound soap or a 20 pound membership. Um, and they're not making any money because like their contract, there's something called contrast marketing um, mm. and this marketing podcast. So this is my interpretation of contrast marketing. If you do it wrong, you're going to sell the cheap thing every single freaking time. <laughs> what you're going to do is convince yourself that your high ticket thing isn't worth the money because nobody mm. buys it. But what the problem is, is you've contrast marketed really badly. Your lower ticket thing looks freaking awesome for the money and your high ticket thing doesn't. So everyone's buying your low ticket thing, which is feeding into this mindset and just there's a thing called confirmation bias. The more mm-hmm. um, the more you believe in something, the more you find the evidence in what's happening to you to confirm that that belief is true. So mm-hmm. if you start believing nobody's buying my high ticket thing because it's it's crap or because um, it's not worth the money or, you know, because everybody out there hasn't got a lot of money and they need a low ticket thing. Every time that happens again, that reinforces that belief and you're never going to build a business that makes any serious money. Um, So what I always work with on clients is get your signature thing done first, get it Mm -hmm. converting, (laughs) understand how you can sell it, get a consistent stream of leads in the front end to sell the thing that you actually want to sell so that you don't accidentally downsell every single Mm -hmm. time and then convince yourself that the higher ticket thing isn't worth the money. Um, And that's what I see time and time again in businesses that come to me and say, I'm working my ass off, but I'm just not making the money that I want. And I'm giving all of these options to my audience so that, you know, they can buy what they want at their level. And I'm like, well, no, look at it. Your power hour gives them so much more than your six-month course looks Mm. like it does. And it's such a good 
deal that that's why people are buying it you took away your power hour and just sold your program you would make a hell of a lot more money in a hell Mm -hmm. of a lot less time and so yeah there's this contrast marketing piece and it's a it's a it's a thing it's a fact contrast marketing when you're given options as a buyer um, there's a lot of subconscious mindset type stuff that goes in which one you choose. So you've got to be really careful that your own mindset doesn't come into how you contrast market your different options. And this mm-hmm. is where I see people go wrong every single time. Yeah, I had a business coach who gave me some really good advice around that contrast marketing piece. And it was basically, you need to be happy with any of the choices. Offer choice, that's fine. But you need to be really, really happy with whichever one they pick. And if you're subconsciously not very happy with one of them or don't feel confident in delivering the value of the other, you'll sabotage it essentially. Absolutely. (laughs) Or you do your contrast marketing in such a way that it actually promotes the thing you want to sell the most. Like a lot of people do this and put a middle point in there. Um, What was the example? There was an example with popcorn. So there was a... (laughs) Uh, like a really small popcorn for like three quid. Mm-hmm. And then there was a ginormous popcorn for seven quid. Um, and in people's minds, they're like seven quid for popcorn. That's ridiculous. I'm just going to have a little one. So everyone mm-hmm. started buying the three quid popcorn. So what they did is they put a middle popcorn in there for six quid And then they said, but for an extra one pound, look at the difference you can get between the medium popcorn and the big popcorn. So Mm -hmm. people in their heads were thinking, well, six pound for that, that's quite a lot. But if I only pay seven pound, which is only one pound more, I get all of this popcorn. So they started selling way more of the seven pound popcorn. Now you hard as a cinema, you will hardly ever sell the six pound popcorn. But what that six pound popcorn does is stop selling the three pound popcorn and start selling the seven seven pound popcorn and Mm -hmm. so whatever industry you're in this is how contrast marketing works you've got to make the one you want to sell the most attractive to people and the cinemas they don't want to sell the three pound popcorn they're not bothered about selling the six pound popcorn the six pound popcorn is only there to promote the seven pound popcorn and the seven pound popcorn is the popcorn they really want to sell because six pound fifty of that is profit yeah No, I think that's a beautiful analogy and so true basically across any industry, any service, any offer, because sure, you can have different price plans, you can have different sort of options on any of that, but as as a good marketer, we should know which one is the most profitable, is the best offer for us as a business and push everything we can towards that and whether people choose it or not, that's their own decision, but our marketing, our efforts should be. There's a massive caveat to this, though, because I'm not sure morally I agree with selling the £7 popcorn because in my family, £4 of that popcorn might be left at the end of the cinema trip (laughs) and go in the bin. So we want to make sure that whatever we're doing, the £7 one is the best for us and for the people buying Mm -hmm. it. So if you're looking at a a service-based industry and that your high-level thing is is a programme, you want to make sure that programme delivers absolutely incredible transformational results for the client on it if you are a luxury product um based business 
you want to make sure that that luxury product is worth the money. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not endorsing trying to sell things for a high ticket price that aren't worth that money um, by using like manipulation techniques and understanding success psychology, whatever it is. Like we got to make sure, and I think women do this naturally, so it's not massively a problem, but I did just want to caveat that whole Mm -hmm. kind of theory and how contrast marketing works with the caveat that the one you want to sell um which is typically the high ticket thing has to be worth the money because Mm -hmm. there's a flip side to this as well and it doesn't work with the popcorn analogy Um, but if you're selling for example a 200 pound course and then a 5000 pound program and you're subconsciously selling the 200 pound course because um, you have money mindset issues and, and you've done your contrast marketing wrong. Um, so only 5% of people finish a online DIY course. OK, so what you're doing is you're not actually delivering the results and the transformation to your customer, to your clients that you are claiming this course is going to do because, you know, mm-hmm. If you've done your research, 95% of the people that buy from you are not even going to finish the course. So they're not only only not going to finish the course, they're not going to get the results that you want. So you're not selling them the best thing that you can sell them. If you sell them a £5,000 program, you know they're going to get, they're going to be invested. They're going to go, I've paid money for this. I'm going to show up. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to turn up to every single session. I am going to, you know, if it's a product-based business, I'm going to use this product as is directed on the product. (laughs) I am invested because I've spent a lot of money on this. And Mm -hmm. they're going to get 10 times better results from whatever it is you sell them um, than the lower ticket thing that you may have accidentally sold them because of it so that doesn't work in the popcorn analogy but I just wanted to say that because I'm not endorsing selling high ticket things for the sake of selling high ticket things so you can make more money what you want to do as your business is figure out the best way you can get the results that your customers or your clients want with the skills the products the services the automation the platform whatever it is you do um you've got to figure out the best way to get them the best results and then you've Mm -hmm. got to sell that first and foremost Um, and typically that is a higher value thing and so introducing something lower value um a is not going to do you any favors unless you've nailed the top thing first Um, And B, it's not going to do your customers and clients and people who buy from you any favors because it's not going to get them as good a result Mm -hmm. in most industries. In the popcorn industry, obviously, that doesn't (laughs) count. But in most other industries, your best thing is probably going to be more expensive than, you know, a cheap offer that is in there because you have a gap in your mindset or because you've done your contrast marketing wrong or because you feel like you want to, you know, give someone an option for something cheaper because you feel bad for all the people who can't afford your other thing. Um, And, you know, let's not forget in pretty much all industries, you're not the only person who can do what you do. So Mm -hmm. if you sell something at high ticket and you don't offer a lower ticket, those people are not going to go away like the cheeseburger. They're not going to go away and starve themselves just because they don't want your $3.99 cheeseburger. Um, They're going to go away and buy a 99 packet, 99p packet of crisps. If you're a coach or consultant, you know, um, like a sleep consultant, I was talking to a sleep consultant for babies the other day. um, And I was saying, you need to put your prices up because you're awesome at what you do and you're undervaluing yourself. 
Um, and she said, yeah, but I want to keep it affordable. What happens for the people who can't afford it? Like, well, they go and buy a book, right? Yep. <laughs> the only person who can do this in the world. They can mm-hmm. go to a cheaper consultant. They can buy a book, learn how to do it themselves. They can type it into Google and they can figure it out themselves. But you're not the only solution to the problem. So don't feel bad about people saying no or people saying I can't afford it at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, again, that sense of matching your needs and their needs as a buyer and you can only help them solve certain things at certain price points at certain packages so I I think that's a really really helpful point I feel like we could keep going for ages and we will definitely have to have you back on to go into some more of this because this is really fun I'm loving this but for now thank you Jenny this is really fun and I would love for you to share how people can learn a bit more about you all of this awesome mindset work that you do and I know you have a little free thing for us as well Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, I could ramble on about this stuff all day long. Um, And in fact, I do. I have um, my own uh, podcast called Mindset and Method, um, which I'll have to get you on and we'll have to do a podcast swap because that'd be super fun. Um, But yeah, I ramble a lot of my own stuff on Mindset and Method. It's on all the big podcast players. So you can find that definitely. And yeah, I'm the creator and host of my own um, high ticket program, which is called the MindSpar Business Accelerator Program. That is mindset first, business strategy second. Um, It's my my most intensive way of working with clients um, and the most fun, the the most fun place of my business to be. Um, So yeah, if you want to find out more about that, come find me and come ask me about that. There's loads happening with that um, in the next few months as well which is super exciting. Um, But yes, I do have a freebie for you at the moment. Um, I have a mindset quiz, which is really super fun to do. Um, It will tell you which one of the four mindset types you are, and they're linked to animals, so you can figure out whether you're a shy horse or a magpie. Um, And it's really super fun. It will also give you loads of tips on success psychology and mindset and things in there as well. Um, That is on my website at www.gen.com donato.com forward slash the dash mindset dash quiz um, I think you're going to stick the, the link to it somewhere mm-hmm. um, I also have another freebie for you as well it's a DIY business audit so if you want to audit your business and figure out um, the potential your business has to scale up um, I have a free do-it-yourself audit where you can audit your business and see what potential it does have And you can find that on my website, which is jennydonato.com forward slash growth dash audit. So, yeah, you can get both of those things through my website. um, And, yeah, come check me out at the Mindset Mindset and Method podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Jenny. And, yes, we should definitely do the podcast swap. That would be really fun. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening this week to Marketing Like a Mother. If you found value in today's show and want to support some fellow mumpreneurs, We really appreciate a rating or just telling a business friend about the show. We'll be back next week with more marketing tips for busy mums with businesses. And if you're keen to book some more dream clients with your website, make sure you check out my value-packed 16-minute free training all about creating a website that converts. You can sign up to watch that for free at michellepontvert.com slash converts. Until then, take care.